Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today we have a really, really fascinating episode for you. In the MLB, things are still going pretty well, but the Cardinals is still ramping up with the Cardinals. The Cardinals are still not back yet. What is going on in the NBA? We are really getting close to the playoffs to start. What does that mean? In the NFL, with the season a month away, teams are locking down their amazing tight ends. Who is it? And... Do they really need to be doing it? And the Twins got back in the win com with a huge um, batting class. They really taught everyone how to hit in that game. And I have a great story of someone who played sports. And Andrew is someone who dominated sports. But let's get started. Andrew, what is going on in the MLB? Yeah, right. The Cardinals are still not playing. Today, the game got postponed against the White Sox after the manager tested positive for COVID. My opinion, kind of surprising that it took them this long to figure it out that he had COVID. But I'm just happy that they finally figured it out, and hopefully they're close to playing. The White Sox um, versus the Cardinals series has not been postponed entirely, so tomorrow's game is technically still on, but my guess, they're going to postpone it for whatever reason. So hopefully the Cardinals get back as soon as possible. Now, Vine, there have been some big injuries, but some of the biggest, biggest on the Yankees. They have their stars. Aaron Judge is day-to-day right now with some back tightness, and John Carlos Stan apparently, I think, has a hip injury or a hamstring injury, and he's supposed to be out for the next three to four weeks. Vine, do you think the Yankees should rush either of those players back in soon, or do you think they should just wait and kind of ease them back in? Personally, I say ease them back in. I mean, right now, that hitting, even without them, is still probably top 10. I mean, right now, Giovanni Urshela, their starting third baseman, is doing insanely well. Also, Mike Ford, young man, and Clint Frazier has really become a great young hitter, who I prefer to compare him like Carter Keeboom, third baseman for the Nationals. Both are amazing young hitters. And right now with the Yankees, their hitting staff is really coming together. And on the relief pitching side, they probably have the best bullpen of any team in the league on paper. And they are definitely living up to that. That bullpen is unstoppable. And they're about to get their closer back from injury. So that will really make them unstoppable on the pitching side. But on the hitting side, I think they're fine for now. Maybe bring Judge back in a week. And Stan, just don't rush him. I mean, both of those two men have had a huge injury-stricken careers, do not rush them back. You need them if you want to beat the Dodgers in the World Series. Andrew? Yeah, definitely. I feel like do not rush them back. I feel like, yes, they are probably going to cost your team at least two or three wins just by their absence. But I also feel like that team, as Ryan said, is loaded. Top bullpen. Number one starter. And then up the middle, DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. And in the outfield, still have Brett Gardner, still have Aaron Hicks, Mike Tauchman. And I feel like, yeah, no, those guys are superstars. But I still feel like those guys better than, I don't know, most of the Marlins or Orioles players. So who really cares? Now, some other news in the MLB. Ryan, the um, Braves are very shorthanded going into the game tonight with Vinyl Acuna. Jr., kind of same as Aaron Judge, kind of day-to-day. Don't really know when he's going to return. And also, Ozzy Albies on the 10-day IL, with I think he has some neck stiffness or something. It might be pretty serious. And obviously, Mike Soroka is out for the season. Ryan, 
feel like this is concerning for the Blaze in the after this kind of shaky start. Or you feel like Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Nick Markakis, Dansby Swanson will be fine. Personally, I wouldn't say that they'll be fine. I mean, I do think they will make the playoffs, but I would not be surprised if they got swept in the first round. But don't get me wrong. There's no, their ace, Max Freed. Don't get me wrong. It's a great pitcher. But sorry, number two pitcher of Kyle Wright? I've never even heard of him. He's so not good. They, If you want to be a playoff team, like some of the best playoff teams, with the Nationals, the Astros, the Indians, the Twins, we have great pitchers. After the ace, that is what makes a great playoff team. And don't get me wrong, the Braves had a great pitcher after the ace, but now with Soroka's injury, I feel like it's just not there. I mean, they've really built up that bullpen, but bullpen can't carry you. Bullpen makes you take one small step forward, but they don't need a small step. They need a pretty big step. Yeah, I definitely feel like Dansby Swanson been doing great so far. So is Freeman. So is Marcelo Zuna, but... I feel like you can only go so far without your top two players. But since I like the Blaze, I just hope they can turn it around and hopefully beat those Dodgers. Now on to the NBA. Ryan, the playoffs are more or less set with every single seed decide besides both leagues, four and five seed. The teams have the exact same record, kind of a huge coincidence. But the only difference between them is home court advantage. And when you're all playing... In Orlando, doesn't really matter whatsoever. But one race that is not decided is the Western Conference 8 seed. The Portland Trailblazers are half a game over the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns. So, and since, the, and since neither teams are playing again, and uh, um, the Trailblazers played one more game and they won that game, they are going to have a kind of two-game, one-game playoff to see who can get that 8 seed between the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. And they're going to have two games. If the Trailblazers can win one of those games, they will make the playoffs and play the Lakers, who are the number one seed in the first round. But if the Grizzlies can win both of those two games, then they will take the Trailblazers' spot, and then they get to play the Lakers. Fine. I think this is a good way to decide who gets to play the Lakers. I guess. I mean, there's not really that much of a better way, but I do feel like it is really important to know, because, like, if it was who gets the seven seed of seven or eight, yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. But, sorry, eight or nine, there is no nine seed. If you get the nine seed, you are out of the playoffs. These two teams have been busting their butts. They can't see their family for two months or whatever. They are in a bubble. They are risking their lives just to play two weeks of in the NBA and then to not even make it. People are risking their lives to win a championship. But when you don't even make the playoffs, I feel like they have to play this. And I would not be surprised if these games are played even better than every other team. Because at least in the championship, at least you know it was worth it to play it and risk a lot of your life just to try to win a championship. I mean, personally, I don't think it is, but it's a little bit more... That's a little bit more of a reward. But now, these people might not even make the playoffs. And that would be terrible to risk your life to win a championship when you can't even make the playoffs. That is just sad. So personally, I will be watching this game because it should be great basketball. And I recommend that you should too. Yeah, definitely. And some other breaking news from the NBA. The Bulls have just fired their coach, Jim, I think. Boylan is how you pronounce his last name. I probably pronounced that wrong. But 
Ryan, you think this is a good idea? Do you think the Bulls need a new direction, or do you feel like just keep on doing the same thing? Well, I mean, right now with the Bulls, they have some great young players. Zach Levine, who, former Timberwolf, is now one of the top three-point shooters in the league and a great young scorer. They also have very young players in Lowry Markkinen, who the Timberwolves drafted, who he traded, and there's also um great young draft rookie Kobe White, who looked amazing this season, who personally, I think, could be a hell of a player in coming seasons. So personally, I think if they can get the right coach, they could make the playoffs in coming years. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I'm, if I was the Bulls organization, I wouldn't exactly fight the coach, but I'd say maybe hire some new management, maybe ship out the GM or something. I don't know. I feel like you need a small change. Now, on to the NFL. Ryan, yesterday, the top two tight ends in the league both signed big extensions with their teams. George Kittle signed back with the Niners. Five-year deal, $75 million. And um, Travis Kelsey signed back with the Chiefs. Ryan, which deals do you think was more important to the team? Well, personally, I think that both of them mean a ton to their team. On the Chiefs, all they do is pass. And Travis Kelsey is a huge part of that attack. And on the 49ers, every single time they run, they're running behind George Kittle. And every time they pass, they're passing George Kittle. So both of them make a ton of difference. But I have to say that George Kittle means way more to the 49ers. If you look at the 49ers offense, they've got top five tight end in George Kittle. They've got a decent offensive line. Yes, 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 yes. But all they have is just George Kittle. Their quarterback stinks. He's so bad. They're running backs. They've got a lot of them. They're definitely going for quantity over quality. Right now, they've got six running backs who last year had more than 10 carries on the wide receiving step. I guess Devo Samuel is not terrible. Okay, he is pretty terrible. But Brandon Ayuk, he was drafted this past season. And he's pretty terrible. Right now, that offense is terrible. But George Kittle makes it slightly less terrible. So George Kittle, keep on making that offense slightly less terrible. Yeah! Yeah, and also with Travis Kelsey, don't get me wrong. He is a huge part of that Chiefs offense, but let's say he goes away. Right there is Tyreek Hill. Right there you have Patrick Mahomes. Right there you have Kyle Edwards Lear. The Niners don't have that. The Niners don't have another big kind of guy to pull them along the way that isn't named George Kittle. The Chiefs do. If, let's say, Kelsey were to get traded away or he were to leave in free agency, I feel like they'd be fine. Yes, maybe not Super Bowl fine, but I'd say still definitely playoff winning division fine. Now, let's move on to how the Twins are doing. Ryan, the Twins took two out of three games against the Brewers and had a great offensive performance in the third game of the series, winning, I think, 12-2 or 14-2 or something around there. Fine. Twins bats have come alive. But from what I've seen, we only have four players batting above 250 this season, and one of them is Marlon Gonzalez, and another is Byron Buxton. Vine, is this concerning? Yes, this is really concerning. Miguel Sano and Mitch Garver are playing incredibly terrible. They are doing so incredibly terrible. I could not believe how incredibly terrible they are both playing. Yes, I guess Sano is, wow, one home run, and wow, Garver has 
two home runs. And yes, that is what they're paid to do. But sorry, when the only thing good about you is that you hit home runs and you can't hit home runs. Come on. Why do we even have you on the team? Garver last year led the team in airs. Garver last year couldn't catch a ball to save his life and couldn't even throw it 10 feet. We only have you to hit home runs and you're not hitting home runs. So no, you make errors in the field almost every single time. We put you at first base so you wouldn't have to field the ball. Don't get me wrong. You're not a terrible first baseman. You usually catch most of Yes, those. you are. Eh, debatable. But we really need him to start hitting. Yes, he's never had a great average, but I think last I checked, he was batting like under 150. That's terrible. That is horrible. And we really need him, Garver, I don't know who else is playing bad, Arias or Donaldson is injured. I haven't seen him in two weeks. So just need the Twins pick up the slack, but hey, took two out of three. That's all you can ask for. I am just really happy that the Twins are back. Now, here is Ryan with a great story about someone who plays sports. Yes, now, you might be thinking, why do Andrew and I keep on saying he plays sports? Why don't they just tell us what professional sport he plays? Well, I can't, because he doesn't just play one professional sport. Eddie Alvarez was born in Florida in 1990. When Eddie was just five years young, he received some roller skates for his birthday. He loved them, but he wasn't really that good. But he continued to work very, very hard at it, and he became extremely talented. And at just the young age of seven years young, he already had a roller skating coach who introduced him to ice skating, in which he was even better. Alvarez was incredible at ice skating, and through his childhood, he promised himself that he would someday represent his country in the Olympics. But in high school, he decided to play baseball, and he was so good at baseball that he earned an athletic scholarship to St. Thomas University. But after long consideration, he declined it, because he knew that it would be virtually impossible for him to skate in the Olympics if he accepted he started training for the Olympics. He worked tirelessly, but pretty soon his knees really, really started to hurt him. The second he would finish a routine, he would run off and cry and scream in agony. His knees were hurting him so much, but he knew he had to keep going because he was so close to his dream of skating in the professional Olympics for his country. In 2010, he decided to to take a pretty short break and play baseball. He was a walk-on at a community college and hit relatively well. He hit 300 and was a great shortstop for the community college that I couldn't even find the name to. He was really good, but again, his knees were hurting him so much he couldn't even run. He could barely even walk. So he, did deci so he decided to have his knees checked out. And in total, he realized that he had 12 tears in his knees. That was terrible for Alvarez. He thought, oh, it's probably just a bruise or a blood. Um, a little bit of my knee got hurt a little bit. And But after that, he realized that there's really something wrong with his knees. And for, sadly, he had to have many, many surgeries to fix his knees. But luckily, he was 
able to come back and start this long recovery process to becoming a professional athlete and play professional sports. He continued to be very good. And he was... But in the Olympics, when he continued to try in the 2014 Olympics, he just didn't have it. In the trials, in the Olympic trials, he was falling all the time, and he was bumping into everyone, knocking over everyone. Sadly, he was disqualified. But his team was able to continue, which let Alvarez continue. But he continued to struggle. He was falling down constantly and making everyone else fall over constantly. Everything was just going so bad for him. And he knew that his Olympic dreams had kind of come true. I mean, he was skating in the Olympics for representing his country, but not the way he wanted. And he decided to go back to playing in the MLB. And he was signed by the Chicago White Sox farm system, which is their minor league system, in the 2015 season. And he played pretty well, and he climbed the ranks pretty quickly. And in 2019, he was traded to the Miami Marlins minor league system, where he was going to be their um, backup or third-string shortstop. And at the start of this 2020 season, he was listed as their second-string shortstop behind amazing star shortstop Miguel Rojas for the Marlins. But now... With, as many people know, the Marlins had a huge coronavirus outbreak at the beginning of the season. And when people aren't able to play, you go to the backups. And on August 6th, just two, just about one short week ago, in the starting lineup, batting in, shortstop, Eddie Alvarez. Alvarez was starting the game against the Orioles. He played he, he definitely wasn't amazing. I mean, you have to remember, this is a guy who's had many knee surgeries, who's not really able to run, whose last time he played baseball was high, was for a community college three or four years before, and he wasn't too amazing. But in that past week, in this past week, he already has three RBIs, two stolen bases, and is hitting 211. And if you remember correctly... He's hitting over 100 points better than Miguel Sano. Sano, you're literally hitting worse, over 100 points worse, than a guy who doesn't have two knees. Sano, what is wrong with you? But Alvarez, even though you're hitting one of the worst in the league, you'll always be better than Miguel Sano. And everyone can remember that. Andrew? Yeah, that is a great story. I am so happy for Eddie Alvarez that he really got his chance in professional sports and that he and that he got the start. Now, today, August 14th, is birthday of one of the top NBA players in history, Irving Magic Johnson. Magic was a great player for the Lakers, and he is probably one of their best in history, and that is very, very high place for being on the Lakers, being in the same conversation as Kobe Bryant. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Shaquille O'Neal. Johnson got his nickname in high school from putting on many great performances where even though he played point guard, he was huge and he could do it all. He would get triple-double, which for those of you who don't know, means double-digit points 
rebounds and assists, which is pretty hard to get 10 rebounds and 10 assists when you're pretty small. But Irvin did it because it was magic. He was Irvin Magic Johnson, and he always wowed the crowd. And it looks like nicknames run in his family because his wife, her nickname is Cookie. She never went by Cookie Johnson, but she did have the nickname. He named his son, KJ. Not really sure why. But apparently, it sounds like a nickname for something that probably means something very important to him. And there was also, he also um, had Melissa Mitchell and Andre Johnson. Which, for some reason, means something very important. Now, happy birthday to Mr. Irvin Magic Johnson. Now, Ryan, today, I, on the topic of Eddie Alvarez, I picked the Marlins game for us to predict. The Braves are pitching Kyle Wright versus the Marlins, Pablo Lopez. Ryan, Braves have many injuries, but still have great hitting. Who do you think can pull out this hard, hard matchup? Well, personally, I've got to... I would have to go with the Braves. But the Marlins have my boy, Eddie Alvarez. So I've got to go with the Marlins. Just kidding. I am still going to go with the Marlins, but I'd kind of be shocked if Eddie Alvarez doesn't strike out every at-bat. But I still think the Marlins are going to win because they're on a very hot streak right now. And leaders Jonathan VR, Corey Dickerson, Brian Anderson, and Jesus Aguiar are amazing hitters, and that pitcher, Pablo Lopez, is far superior to Braves starter Kyle Wright. Yeah, also, the Braves do not have their top two players in Fano de Cunha and Ozzy Albies, so I've got to go with the Marlins, and we are out of time. But our next episode will be coming out in two short days, where Vine will be sharing another great story, and I will be sharing another hilarious birthday, and... Again, you're listening to Twin Talk MN.